Hello and thank you so much for tuning into the Education Burrito, podcast that unwraps the everyday challenges in learning and teaching in education, exploring the ins and outs and highs and lows and different pedagogy approaches, enhancing student engagement amongst everything in education. My name is Q Sum, and each episode I'll be joined by special guests as we unwrap the Education Burrito. Hello and welcome to this episode as part of a special podcast series to support the annual learning and teaching symposium organised by the Centre of Education, Teaching and Innovation at the University of Westminster. In this special summer 2022 series, I'll be chatting with some of the speakers who will be giving us a flavour of their presentations and for you to have the opportunity to join in the conversations to find out more. So, for this episode, I'm so pleased to be joined by Dr. Alessandro Colombo, lecturer in Arabic languages and cultures from the School of Humanities at the University of Westminster. Alessandro, welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thank you for having me. Fantastic. So, perhaps for the listeners and for myself, could you give us a brief overview of your current role at Westminster? So, currently, I am a full time member of staff here. I teach Arabic language to students on the BA in Arabic and global communication or international relations or, you know, the mixed honors that we offer. I also teach, deliver lectures on the contemporary Middle East, the modern and contemporary Middle East, as well as lectures on Syria and its history, as well as gender in modern Arabic literature. Great, fantastic. So for the upcoming Learning and Teaching Symposium, you'll be sharing about decolonizing Arabic language teaching. So for the purpose of this episode, we don't want to give away too much as well. Maybe you can give us an overview of your presentation. Yes, of course. So my presentation will draw on the concept of decolonization and decolonizing the curriculum, which is extremely popular and to an extent controversial, it would mean, it would mean where several lecturers, researchers are putting in an effort to decolonize the content of their teaching. For example, history, decolonize the way history is taught, the history of uh, not just colonialism, but everything, everything else too. My presentation will draw on this theoretical framework to apply it to the, Arabic, the study of the Arabic language. And I will be looking in uh, specifically, I will be looking at uh, textbooks that are used widely used in the UK at academic level to teach Arabic. And I will be using examples from these textbooks to argue for a decolonization of, of the way Arabic is taught in this country. Most of these textbooks are uh, produced and designed in the United States. They, let's say that in the context of decolonization, the, the concept that I apply is that of positionality. So the fact alone that these books are designed and produced and uh, printed in the United States, of course, is not alone sufficient to argue for a decolonization, but I will show how, how the content reflects the problematic, let's say, problematic positionality of these textbooks and their authors. That sounds amazing. And you've mentioned quite a bit about decolonization and the fact that you're going to be sharing about this with colleagues who'll be attending the session. I'm just curious because you've mentioned something that I want to know more about. Um, what kind of inspired you to go into Arabic language teaching? I would say that I, I was really, I mean, I've always, of course, been passionate about the Arabic language. 
I think the way I was taught Arabic back in the day when I started was to an extent not fully satisfactory. It seems that this language is taught in a very peculiar way, which is different from the way other languages are taught. I always thought that there could be an easier way to teach this language, a way that makes students actually love this language more and persuade them also to visit the Arab world and to engage with the culture and the language. That's why I thought I could make a contribution to this field when I started, particularly because I provide in my capacity as Arabic teacher, I provide a kind of uh, external point of view as a, not as a native speaker, but as someone who learned this language uh, as an adult. I, and, I, and I thought that together, of course, with, uh, with native speakers, my teaching could, could make a good contribution. Of course, it's always teamwork when it comes to teaching. No one can teach alone, but perhaps this point of view from the outside, if you want, and from the inside at the same time, because I've spent I've spent so much time learning and teaching Arabic now, I thought it would be it would be useful contribution to the field of Arabic language teaching. That sounds amazing, and it's wonderful to hear how your own experience has inspired you to continue that journey through your academic career as well. And how about this project then, um, Alessandro? What inspired you to start this project about decolonizing this curriculum? Well, I've been exposed to the theory of decolonization, decolonizing the curriculum for quite a few years now since my time as a PhD student back at the University of Edinburgh. There is a whole, I would say, army of lecturers and researchers engaging with this concept. The last Christmas conference, the British Society for Middle Eastern Studies, was entirely devoted to this, this idea, whether and how we can and we should decolonize our universities not just our curricula, but our universities as institutions, we argue that should be decolonized because at the end of the day, there is a legacy that we perpetuate, which is legacy of colonialism, particularly in Britain because of its colonial past. And of course, this can be applied to a variety of fields, like I said, to a variety of subjects, not necessarily only language teaching, but it's particularly popular, for example, in, the, in history, literature as well, the way literature is taught, and um, the humanities in general, even though I think the science is also kind of joining into this debate. I thought that among my research interests, which include Arabic literature, contemporary history of the Middle East, contemporary history of Syria, as well as language teaching, I thought that language teaching is the one that, or Arabic language teaching, is the one that has not been affected by this wave of decolonization, if you want. So I thought my article, which came out this year, could be the beginning. I wanted to initiate this debate and bring this concept into the field of Arabic language teaching, but also because I also feel there is a need to start a, re a revolution, if you want, in Arabic language teaching, because the way it has been taught and the way the teaching methodology has crystallized, particularly in Anglophone contexts such as the UK and the United States, needs to be put into question. And particularly because the reason why I, like you said, why I decided to teach Arabic are in many ways in contrast with the underlying agenda of certain textbooks, with the underlying agenda of this teaching methodology, which I think implies to a certain extent that people who, who learn Arabic should do it for a specific reasons or to progress into certain career paths. And decolonizing involves putting that into question. Also, I think becoming aware 
that the reason why Arabic is taught so extensively in Europe goes back to a large extent to the colonial period. That is when Arabic started being teaching at uh, universities across the UK and Europe. That sounds very interesting. And I feel like I've just sat in a history lesson understanding the importance of this field because I myself come from a science background. I don't really know much about the languages um, and the culture, say, for example, in Arabic. And I think what we've just shared makes me think about the multicultural population within Westminster, but also in London, and the importance of having those conversations, not just within a certain field, but for, say, in a symposium like we have at Westminster, and having those dialogues within and between disciplines and to share those practices and about teaching languages and how that's embedded and should be embedded in all the curriculum. So I found that really interesting. So it'd be interesting to hear a bit more about it in the future, especially in the symposium, or if I don't have the opportunity to attend because there's so many sessions to choose from it'll be definitely interesting to read the work that you'll for example publish in the future yeah definitely these events are i think wonderful opportunities for us to share our research but also to exchange opinions and views on several aspects of uh, teaching and learning i think decolonizing the curriculum is one of the values one of the key values at westminster so uh, i guess my work here not taking place in a vacuum but um, this is one of the values the university has invested its resources in and not just to Westminster, but anywhere in, anywhere else in the UK, this is going to take long. It's a long process. If universities really join forces and, and really seriously decide to engage in a process of decolonization. I've said before that this is a popular, if you want, theoretical framework to apply to research. It doesn't necessarily mean that everyone agrees with it or everyone sees the need to decolonize their teaching or their research. So at the same time, it's the opportunity not only to exchange opinions, but also to engage with different views and different opinions. And I think you've made a good point there about engaging not only engaging with staff, but also the way we learn and teach is engaging with students. It's about sharing those knowledge with students because at the end of the day, students are there in the classroom and academics like yourself are there to share your knowledge, you know, share your experience and to share what students can do to extend the knowledge beyond the discipline. So I think decolonizing anything within the higher education sector is a very important aspect for everyone, not just for staff, but also for students to co-create and to engage and have those conversations through that way. Yeah, definitely. I think this will make the university a lot more inclusive too. I think that particularly Westminster with its diverse student population can only be more motivated to invest into this because, like I said, this will make the university more inclusive, but also make its diverse population, uh, student population, more aware of what learning involves and not just the purpose of learning, but also the methodology, how we learn, and not just why we learn, but how we learn. But that's what I think affects the way we then develop a worldview. That's what shapes our worldview at the end of the day. Diverse student population, I think, is more sensitive to these issues. Of course, this work is not happening in a vacuum. I'm just very excited to be doing this at a university where this is one of the key values. What a wonderful reflection, I think, for us all. So, Alessandra, I want to ask, so what do you want delegates and colleagues to get out of from attending your session? What I would like my colleagues to get from my presentation is, A, I guess, realise how much Arabic is becoming an important language and a widely taught language and an increasingly on-demand language from students. Increasingly high numbers of students are learning this language in this country. B, the way 
this language is taught needs to be requires a rethinking to an extent because it's been taught for so many years now that uh, the world has changed in the meantime and this is necessary at the same time not just arabic but i guess all languages need to always rethink the way they're thought so i guess people teaching other languages as well could also benefit from this and and perhaps reimagine at least the way they teach their own language at the same time not just people who teach the languages but also people who learn languages i hope can take away some useful points such as thinking at uh, thinking about the way they learned languages in the past and what were in a way the unspoken messages that you always get from language teaching materials in a way there isn't such a thing as neutral language learning my point uh, when i say decolonization is not that language learning should be neutral because there's no such thing there will always be a world view behind every word you utter in the classroom or every video you show the students but i think that perpetuating colonial world view clashes with the values at the university of westminster so i think learners should also or uh, will also i hope benefit from this session and uh, take away some uh, useful points Well, that's a fantastic and there's some really good learning outcomes in terms of what people can do and what colleagues can do and how they can take those back to their own teaching practices and embed them into their own curriculum. Well, I'm afraid that's all we have time for for today's episode. Alexandru, if people want to contact you to have more conversations, how can they do so? They can send me an email. Um I'm not a social media person. I'm not on social media, but they can send me an email at a.colombo.columbu at westminster.ac.uk or they can find me on LinkedIn. That's fantastic. And I just want to say a big thank you to you again, Dr. Alexandru Colombo, for joining us today and sharing your work on decolonizing Arabic language teaching. My pleasure. For you listeners out there, do come back next time as I have a conversation with another speaker from this year's Learning and Teaching Symposium. Alexandru, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and tuning into the Education Burrito. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening on and be sure to like it and share it on social media tagging us at the hashtag the Education Burrito. If you have enjoyed our chat today and fancy coming on to the show, no matter as a student or member of staff, do drop us a message as we unwrap learning and teaching in the Education Burrito.